This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Flourish at Home Show. Your host, Mary Jo Tate, is an international book editor, the homeschooling mom of four boys, and the author of Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms. Mary Jo loves to help moms find peace, order, and balance by sharing practical tips, inspiration, and encouragement. Visit her website at flourishathome.com. And now, here's your host, Mary Jo Tate. Hi, I'm Mary Jo Tate. Welcome to the Flourish at Home show. How do you respond when you hear the word organization? Does it make you cringe? Do you feel guilty because you're hopelessly disorganized and you wish you could be more organized? Or maybe it makes you smile with a happy sigh that all's right with the world. Do you think a certain amount of clutter is a sign of a happy home? Or do you resist the whole idea of organization, maybe because it reminds you of a neat freak friend who labels everything in her household, uses color-coordinated storage containers, and alphabetizes her spices? The very idea makes you shudder. Whatever your reaction, today's episode is for you. Organization is one of the seven freedom tools we've been discussing in the past four episodes. These tools help us make the most of our time so we can live balanced, peaceful lives. Here's a quick review of the seven tools. F is for focus. R is for reflect. E is for educate. The second E is for eliminate. D is for discipline. O is for organize. M is for multitask. Put together as a word and in your life, they spell freedom. Organization is simply self-discipline applied in an orderly way to free you to focus on what's most important. Organizing your time, tasks, thoughts, and things helps you overcome and avoid obstacles to focusing on your priorities. How organized you are has a tremendous impact on the atmosphere of your home. Disorganization creates chaos, while organization promotes peace. Which do you prefer? If one aspect of your life is unorganized, it has a spillover effect on every other aspect of your life. For example, if you can't find your car keys, you'll probably become flustered and you may be late for church. If you're sleep deprived or running late, you're much likelier to forget things and drop things, which will make you even later. If you don't keep your pantry stocked, you'll have to battle the crowds doing panic shopping when a blizzard or a hurricane is forecast, and you'll end up spending more time, money, and energy than you would have if you'd planned ahead. On the other hand, if you discipline yourself to organize your time, tasks, thoughts, and things, your life will go more smoothly, even during hard times. Organization promotes efficiency, productivity, sanity, peace, and freedom. Organization even affects our relationships. If you're late or frazzled, you may become irritated and impatient with your family. I'm certainly guilty of this. Recently, I was annoyed because I couldn't find my Crocs when I was in a hurry to check the mail on a cold, wet day. I interrogated each of my four boys in turn, certain that one of them had borrowed my shoes, again, and failed to return them to their usual place in the kitchen. Every one of them pled innocent. No, ma'am, I didn't take your Crocs. Eventually, I found the shoes under my own desk where I had kicked them off several hours earlier. I apologized to my boys rather sheepishly, and we all laughed at my forgetfulness. Fortunately, they were good sports about it. 
As we explore several strategies for organizing our lives, it's important to remember that there's no one right way to organize. I love what professional organizer Stephanie Winston says, order is not an end in itself. Order is whatever helps you to function effectively, nothing more and nothing less. Did you hear that? Order is whatever helps you function effectively. What helps you function effectively may be completely different from what helps me, your best friend, or your mother-in-law function effectively. We all have different definitions of what it means to be organized. This concept is especially important if you're the kind of person who feels allergic to getting organized. If you find yourself pushing back against some of my suggestions, just ask yourself, would doing this help me function more effectively? If it would, discipline yourself to make the necessary changes. If it wouldn't help, just let it go. It's not for you. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about organizing? It's probably clutter, the challenge of where to put all your physical possessions. That's certainly important, and we'll discuss it in a moment. But I think the most fundamental thing to organize is your time. Time is our most priceless resource because it's the one thing we cannot get any more of. We all have exactly 168 hours a week, but some people use their time much more efficiently and effectively than others. Learning how to protect, prioritize, and organize your time will help you be a good steward of the time you've been given so you can use it for what's most important. To organize your time, first you need to find out where it's already going. You can do this by keeping a time log. Once you know how you're using your time, you can plan how to use it better. To keep a time log, simply write down how you spend your time every day in half-hour increments for at least a week or longer if you feel like you need a larger sample. This is similar to keeping track of your spending if you're working hard on budgeting, or keeping track of what you eat if you're dieting. It gives you the data you need to make informed decisions. After you finish keeping your time log, evaluate it in these four areas. Number one, do a reality check. How do the numbers compare to how you thought you spend your time? If you are spending more time on certain tasks than you realized, can you work more efficiently, or is this simply a reality to accept? Number two, look for gaps. What things that you should be doing or want to do are not reflected in how you spend your time? Number three, look for things that are expendable. What ways are you spending your time that you could eliminate or delegate? Number four, look for opportunities. Are there little windows of time that you could be using more effectively than you are currently doing? You'll find more time management tips in Episode 3 of the Flourish at Home show, Where Did My Time Go? You'll also find seven practical planning tools to help you use your time wisely in Episodes 12 and 13. Now we'll talk about how to organize your stuff. When your physical possessions are not organized, they cause frustration and steal your time. One of the best ways to organize your stuff is to keep only what you really need and use. When I edit a book manuscript, I have to decide what to get rid of, what to keep, what to add, and how it all fits together best to help the reader. You can edit your stuff the same way. First, when you're evaluating everything that you own, you can decide to keep it. If you keep it, you have to store it. That means there has to be a place for it. If you decide to get rid of it, you have three options. If it's in good enough condition, you can sell it. 
or perhaps you'll choose to simply give it away to donate it to a charity or a friend. Some things aren't good enough to even give away, so you just throw them away. Just get rid of them. If this is a big challenge for you, I highly recommend Don Aslett's book called Clutter's Last Stand. Isn't that a great title? It's a great resource for helping you make those tough decisions about what to keep, what to chuck, and where to put everything. For some people, deciding what to get rid of and what to keep is the biggest challenge. For others, it's figuring out what to do with the stuff that you decide to keep. This brings us to the most important rule for organizing your stuff. A place for everything and everything in its place. Following this rule helps you avoid wasting a lot of time searching for things when they're not where they should be. Just like my Crocs. Learn to designate specific homes for all of your stuff, including things like shoes, clothing, books, school supplies, art and craft supplies, sports equipment, toys, music, movies, games, important papers, pet supplies, tools, and many more categories. Clothes, for example, should be on your body, in a laundry basket, in the washer or dryer, in a basket to be folded, or better yet, folded as soon as they come out of the dryer, or else they should be in the closet or the drawers. This means there shouldn't be dirty socks or even clean socks scattered around the family room. Can you tell I have four boys? No one should have to hunt for the right shoes while the rest of the family is ready to leave for church. Each child in your family should have a shelf, a basket, or some other kind of storage area for school books, notebooks, and supplies so that no learning time will be wasted searching desperately for a missing math book. Well, it must be around here somewhere. Designate an area for teacher's manuals as well so you can find them when you need them. Keep pens, pencils, and paper available in every room. If you have the space, provide an area where projects and progress, like jigsaw puzzles, art, or Lego creations, can be left out for ongoing work and enjoyment. Train your children early to take care of their own stuff and to put everything away in the right place. You might want to listen to Episode 6 of the Flourish at Home show for tips on training your children to be responsible and independent. Now, a special category of stuff that needs to be organized is paper. Now, some of you may feel like your whole life is digital and you really don't keep that much paper. And this is becoming increasingly common in our digital world. However, most of us still do have plenty of paper to take care of. For example, you might have newsletters, sports or music schedules, homeschool group phone lists, school assignments, papers to grade, graded papers to file, newspaper clippings or magazine articles to read later or save for future research. What can you do with all these pieces of paper? Pile it or file it? It's usually helpful to keep a few important papers visible, like your monthly calendar, your weekly goals, your daily task list, a chore chart for your kids, and so on. But you can usually file the rest. If you write all of your tasks and appointments on your weekly or daily planning list, you won't need piles of papers to remind you of everything that you need to do. Now, I've got to admit this is an ongoing struggle for me. The busier I get, the likelier I am to have piles of papers lying around. But when I take those few extra minutes to file those papers by topic and just put a reminder on my to-do list, that makes a big difference. You can keep things in a binder. 
planning tools, information about upcoming activities, contact information, and so on. I know we mostly live by our smartphones nowadays, but how many times have you or people that you know lost all their contacts when your smartphone crashes and you've had to ask all your friends to give you their phone numbers yet again? Having a written phone list can help you have the information you need even when technology lets you down. I like to use hanging file folders rather than just the plain flat manila folders because they're so much easier to keep uh, organized and they don't tip over when the drawer isn't all the way full. I have way more filing cabinets in my home than most people do, but I like paper documentation. Even if you have only a few pieces of paper, you can use hanging files to store information on your finances, insurance, medical records, homeschool lesson plans and records, home business maybe, family information, instruction manuals and warranties for equipment and appliances, and just any topics that interest you. I like to use cheap two-pocket folders from the office supply store for portable project management. I use them to take an editing project to the library or to work on while I'm waiting for a doctor's appointment, and they're great for travel, for projects in progress, and I always have a separate folder for maps and all the information I need about my trip, like hotel reservations, friends' phone numbers, and so on. Small storage boxes with separate lids are a great way to store larger projects in progress. You might use them for your kids' ongoing schoolwork, or that might fit in a binder, and I often use them for things like an editing manuscript that I have in progress. It's ironic, but it's possible to over-organize. If you get so into organizing that it consumes all your time, you can actually spend so much time arranging everything that you never get around to using it. If you take it too far, organization can become a form of procrastination that keeps you from focusing on what's most important instead of facilitating it. Remember, organization is whatever helps you function effectively. Think of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You probably know whether your level of organization is too much, too little, or just right. I encourage you to take some time to examine your life to identify areas where you're not functioning effectively and commit to becoming more organized if you need to. Creating order takes longer and is harder than maintaining order, but it's well worth the effort. If you struggle with managing your time and organizing your life to focus on your priorities, you'll find many more strategies in my book, Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms, available at online retailers and also through my own website at flourishathome.com. I'll see you next time on the Flourish at Home show. Thanks for tuning in to the Flourish at Home show. For more encouragement, visit Mary Jo at flourishathome.com. The Flourish at Home show is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.